Hey everybody, welcome to episode 86 of the Build My Online Store podcast. It's Sunday, February 16th, 2014. Hope you had a great Valentine's Day. And today we're going to talk about supplements. But before we get into it, I'm going to share a special moment with you today. Now, no, I don't have a kid on the way. No, I'm not getting married or anything like that. <laughs> it actually might be a little bit inconsequential, uh, but something happened, I think, two years ago. And when I was still at my day job, I found these two podcasts. One was called Foolish Adventure and the other one was called Tropical MBA. And uh, back then it was called the Lifestyle Business Podcast. And I remember listening to Tim Conley, uh, Dan and Ian at the office. I was sitting on trading floor at the office. And I always thought that these guys had figured everything out. You know, I listened to them re- religiously uh, while I was at work, uh, travel, going home, you know, during, during the work day. And hopefully you do too, because, you know, they're great podcasters and they have a lot of great content. And I noticed that uh, I was actually on both podcasts the same week uh, this past Friday, which kind of made me reflect on the past two years on how these little things add up. Because it's like the airplane that veers 1% off course and ends up 300, 400 miles off the original destination. And the funny thing is, I realize that none of us have the right answer on what you should do as a listener and, you know, to build a successful business. I mean, we can give you stories, we can feature people that are successful, whether they're doing 10K, 50K, 100K, 500K a month. But the thing is, their success is singular, right? So what works for them, while we could use it as a roadmap, it's impossible to follow their step-by-step process to success. And I think in the end, it just comes down to you have to be comfortable with writing your own script. And I go more in depth to this about uh, this topic on the latest episode at TMBA, uh, tropicalmba.com, episode 231. So check that out if you haven't yet. And on the other hand, I also had a cool debate uh, with Tim Conley over at Foolish Adventure about info and physical products. So it's funny that uh, I'm kind of in the middle here where if you look at buildmyonlinestore.com in this podcast, it's really a info product in essence, right? It's everything is digital. There's nothing physical. Uh, but I talk to a lot of physical products folks, e-commerce store owners, uh, even my own store, yada, yada, stuff about manufacturing, sourcing. And one thing I found is that people always think the grass is greener on the other side. So what this means is that we have a lot of info product guys kind of in my circles online in the dynamite circle. And some of them want to get into physical products, right? They don't want to sell ebooks. They don't want to sell courses. They want to make something real in this world. And on the other side, you have digital, you have, I mean, physical product guys who want to go digital. They want to make eBooks. They want the margins. You know, they don't have to do with warehousing. It's you know, it's easy, simple, fast, and it's just interesting to see both perspectives being where I am. And so I actually talked about this with Tim on his latest episode. So if you want to figure out uh, if you're just starting out, you know, intro product or physical, we kind of lay down everything from beginning to end on which one is not probably better, but maybe it's more suited for you. So check those out at foolishadventure.com. So let's get started then. And I must warn you, uh, this week's guest, uh, Ben, he wants a special intro. So here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today, I've got Ben Hebron. Uh, you listened to this awesome intro from Natural Stacks. So, what's up, Ben? Terry! What's going on, brother? <laughs> what's going on, man? Are you ready to rumble? Uh, I just took my Siltep uh, product plug there. So, yes, of course, I am ready to rock and roll and rumble. All right, so let's get started. So, for those of us who may not know what uh, Siltep is, what what is this thing you sell? Well, Siltep has been around uh, since 2011, and it's the world's first and only natural nootropic. So uh, the nootropic space is what's commonly known as a smart drug. It's a lot different than uh, an Adderall or something like that, because one part, it's all natural, and uh, two, 
What Siltep does is it naturally induces what's called long-term potentiation. Uh, so before we get into that, how are these different than say like marijuana or other mind-altering drugs? Any type of mind-altering drug has its own uh, mechanisms of action at play. And I haven't studied uh, marijuana specifically or <laughs> that I can comment on. So I, I can tell you how Siltep works, but as far as the rest of them, uh, not as much. Okay, so these are kind of like in that movie Limitless, right? Where I think Brad Cooper takes this drug and he becomes like really smart. Is it kind of along those lines or? I wish it was like that. I like to tell people that Siltep is for motivated individuals. So if you're the type of person where it's like, you have your to-do list of things you need to crank through and you're ready to get that done and then you have to get something else done, then Siltep is perfect for you. Siltep is gonna take that, put you in an optimal mental state, a state of flow, and one, the work's gonna be able to get done, but two, you find that it doesn't stifle creativity or problem-solving abilities, which is kind of some of the uh, complaints about uh, regular study drugs like, like an Adderall or something like that. Mm -hmm. So what are the effects most people get when they take uh, Siltep? I'd say they get increased uh, focus, enhanced motivation. So like I said, they're uh, ready to do more work. And then the ability to concentrate on things for an extended period of time. We have uh, a customer that just came back to us, I think about last week, and he's uh, 63, retired. And in his retirement, he really likes to enjoy reading. But for some reason, in the past couple years or so, he was really unable to focus for more than 20, 25 minutes at a time, especially when going through dense materials. And, and he sent us back this testimonial, just like, guys, thank you so much. I've been able to sit down. I sat down for two and a half hours reading a, some kind of history book the other day. And... Uh, so that's kind of like a testament to, to what Siltep's able to do. Okay, so for a complete beginner, it's basically kind of like a productivity focus type of smart drug, essentially. Exactly. And the fact that, and we can get more into this in a little bit, it's all natural. Um, and then also, we're fully transparent with the labeling. So all of the ingredients, you know exactly what's in it and exactly how much of it you're taking, which is completely unlike the rest of the supplement industry. Yeah, which kind of like, if you think about the supplement industry, it's a lot like kind of like the internet marketing crowd, like, hey, you know, buy my supplement and with this secret formula and then you'll suddenly get 10 times stronger or, or buy my ebook and you'll make, you know, $100,000 in 10 minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you take Siltep, you will look like Bradley Cooper and uh, all your dreams will come true. <laughs> all right, what, what do I buy this now? Can you just send me some? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's a major problem that you brought up. With so many supplements, the industry that you find online, in stores, in GNC, etc., they make overwhelming promises without really telling you what's in it, why it works, or anything like that. So when Roy and I, and Roy Krebs is my co-founder, decided to launch Natural Stacks, we decided that we're going to disrupt this industry, that we are going to come up with something completely new, completely different, and put the choice and the information back into the consumer's hand so they can decide what they want to put inside their body. Mm -hmm. And why hasn't anyone done this earlier? Because you, like, you look at like the regular food market, like Whole Foods, uh, kind of like in the U.S., is this whole organic slash yoga type of healthy movement. Like, is nootropics just been late to this, or is? Well, it's it's not nootropics. It's the supplement. It's whether it's you're taking a pro protein, creatine, any kind of supplement. 
And it's because of the laws, you can release what's called a proprietary formula. And typically what we'll see from other companies is proprietary formula with stuffed with maybe 12 or 14 ingredients. And you have no idea how much of that is in the formula. So you, you might think that you have this you know, incredible effect, but you know, it's loaded with 300 milligrams of caffeine or something like that. So they can create whatever they call proprietary by mixing a bunch of random stuff and calling it that. Exactly. So that's what we find a lot. I was actually on a, a website earlier today. Um, I believe it's called Shreds. And this company is doing millions of dollars in sales. And one of their main products, you can't even see the supplement facts panel. Like they, they don't even show that on their website. And people are buying it and it's absolutely insane. It's like $200 for this product. You know, it says you're gonna get the muscles and all of that and you'll have the pump, but it doesn't tell you how much is in there. And we think it's crazy. And, and that's why we started the company. Yeah, do you find that a lot of people that buy supplements are looking for like the magic bullet solution? In general, whether um, it's supplements, whether it's uh, an ebook, a course, you know, we're looking for answers. We're looking for a solution to our problems. Whatever's easiest is the most appealing to us in general anyway. I think as far as the natural stacks customers go, our customer base is fantastic. And they, they realize I really have to be worried about what I'm putting into my body. Oh wait, here's a company that tells me I'm going to support them. And were you a big supplement user before you started Natural Stacks? I have been. So as um, a small, I'm like 5'7", 150 pounds. It was always my goal in high school to uh, put on more weight uh, through weight training and supplements. And that's kind of where it began. I think I started weighing like um, 120 something pounds in high school and have been able to bulk up all the way up to uh, 175, but I'm a lot slimmer now. And are you just taking mostly like protein or L-glutamine, anything? Or just- I'd like to stick to the basics and keep it extremely clean. I think that with supplements, they can improve upon your diet and training routine, but they're not the end-all answer for everyone or everything. Yeah, and just to give them a warning, we're not giving medical advice or anything. We're just kind of talking about two guys' opinions. Yes, stuff. precisely. Yeah, and, and so when you decided to do uh, Natural Stacks, you know, obviously you were part of kind of this uh, customer base. So how did you go find them in the first place? Or did you even test it out first before uh, launching this product? Well, Siltep has been around since 2011. It's been an open source nootropic and it was created by someone named Abelard Lindsay. Uh, Abelard, you can listen to him on Bulletproof Executive Radio with Dave Asprey, Smart Drug Smarts, where he talks more about uh, the history of Siltep. But we originally saw, got the idea, and I say we, it's really Roy, um, from a Tim Ferriss podcast where he talks about Siltep and actually calls it more effective uh, than modafinil, which is a very, very popular um, smart drug. So from there, we did significant amount of research, testing on our own, saw an opportunity in the marketplace. You know, everyone, you can buy all of the ingredients separately online, but no one had combined it for one easy formula. You know, it's really difficult to... um, weigh out five milligrams on a scale and, and take the right dosage on your own. We knew that uh, if we were going to be able to put it into one product that uh, we'd be able to sell it to the market. I see. So when you say you're doing research, are you going on like buying these magazines to look at who's advertising for Siltep or forums or what was kind of like the main channels you guys use? I think the main channel for us has been forums. 
I think forums are the number one most neglected, profitable, just filled with tons of information out there. And the main reason why is because in a forum, it's a community and you can't come into a forum and just start talking whatever. You have to get that credibility first or else you know, you're going to get crucified by the community. So we went into the forums, we talked to people, we did our research, we asked, uh, asked them to critique us. And that's how when we launched, we were able to kind of come out and be accepted by the market. Mm -hmm. As far as like the sample size of data you guys kind of contacted with the forum, are you talking like 100 people, 200 people or, or more? I'd say 100 people. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And then from there you get the feedback on the product. Did you send any samples to them to test it out or was it just kind of like a concept wise? It was concept wise original, originally and then once we did get the product in, uh, we manufactured in LA. So once that was complete, we sent out um, samples to, well actually we just sent bottles to everyone who kind of supported us along the way. Mm -hmm. I see. Because I think one thing I noticed is that community forums since the relationships within everyone is so strong, things can really catch on really quick, right? Did you see that too? We saw that a lot. We saw that w once we were able to build those relationships with what we call influencers in the forums, they were kind of able to take our message and help us spread it. And so it wasn't like we were coming in there trying to sell people. Uh, we were coming in there looking for feedback, looking for help, looking for their expertise and then uh, you know, building that long-term relationship. Yeah, you brought up an interesting point about you know, heavy hitters and forums, because every forum, even like what we're a part of in the DC, you know, there are certain people who have a stature that when they post, they post awesome stuff, and then there's kind of newer people, and then you also have like the lurkers who just don't really post anything. So how did you find the people to influence, and kind of what criteria did you use to figure out how to reach out to them, or to even reach out to them? as a decision? Well, I think that we, we first look for people who have been talking about Siltep. And one great thing about the forum that we were specifically looked at, it's called Longevity. Um, I think that the Siltep, it's like 40 pages or something long, like the thread about Siltep. So we're able to contact people through there. And, and the best way to do that is get straight to the point and be completely honest. I think that a lot of times when people try and contact influencers, they try and make this giant story and try and convey all these things when really, you know, people are busy, uh, we all have limited attention spans, and you need to get your point across immediately and insert some kind of value for them. So we were able to do that, and that's kind of how we were able to, you know, at least start the relationships. Mm -hmm. I remember at some point, you posted in the forums, you had like a conversation with Tim Ferriss about Siltep, right? So what was the story with that? Well, Tim Ferriss actually follows uh, Siltep's creator, Abelard Lindsay, on Twitter. And because he'd mentioned it before and because we got it created, we just suggested we were actually out. Uh, Roy, Abelard, and I were out uh, getting some food in, in California. And we were like, wouldn't it be awesome if you just messaged Tim and we just sent him some product? And uh, he ended up messaging back and we sent some out to him later, which was really cool. And we haven't asked for anything and we haven't really uh, continued the conversation. But I think that when you put the groundwork down initially, you know, maybe one day it could lead to something big. Actually, so the creator of the Siltep messaged Tim on your behalf. Is that what I'm getting? Uh, probably on his own behalf because but on behalf of the company as well. I mean, so it works for both of us. Gotcha, all right, very cool. And so after that, what happened? Because I think when you get 
these big big guys sometimes are really hard to get right like they'll say something but then once you try to reach them again they'll like almost never reach them. I, I think that Tim contacted Abelard uh, again to get his advice on the best way to take it and direction but after that it, it dropped off but that's not saying that a couple months from now it, it might turn into something big you know with any kind of major catalyst event for your business it's going to take a lot of time to develop you know these things need to be nurtured over months sometimes even years so for us to kind of start that initial conversation with someone like Tim and the other influencers out there that we have been in contact with to do that early on as a company is huge and completely invaluable for us. Yeah, I think it's the mentality is like if you want to take a hunter versus farm mentality where like the farmer plants his seeds, he waters his crops, you know, over year after year and then, you know, at some point he gets a big harvest whereas the hunter you always have to go kill an animal, you know, bring it home to eat and then once you're gone you got to go hunt another animal and I think just a long-term view of planting these seeds is what you're getting at. Yes, definitely. Awesome. All right, so you guys uh, how much are you guys doing now in sales uh, in a month? Um, we're doing a lot. Sales are going, I mean, not a lot, but sales are going well from, we started selling, I think, October 16th, and by December 31st, we did $102,000 in sales. So three months, 100K. It was, uh, it was really big, and it, it validated um, our idea and, and just our concept, which has been the, the best thing for us so far. Yeah. So that's... October from product launch, right? But you guys have been doing groundwork since a couple of months ago, I'm sure, from the, the forums we talked about and all this outreach. Right? We have been doing groundwork, but to be honest, uh, we, we didn't hype up our pre-sale or anything like that. And the main reason there is because I think that you have one chance to launch. And if you do it wrong, you know, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> you know, the, the customers won't come back. It's like a restaurant that opens and, and the food's bad the first night. The critic's going to leave and write a terrible review and no one's ever going to go there. Yeah, this is kind of counterintuitive to what like the whole VC guys talk about, like the whole MVP thing or whatever lean startup thing. Because a lot of them say, hey, just start small and then you adjust as you go. But you're saying, hey, you got to get it right the first time or no one's going to care about you. So how do you look at that other school of thought? From there... And between Roy and I, we've really just decided that we want to be completely customer focused. So we obsess over things like Apple, we obsess over Amazon's processes. And we knew that right out of the gate, you know, things are going to go wrong. You know, we're not going to have, you know, we, we had problems with our Shopify API connecting to our fulfillment center initially. We had to enter a bunch of orders manually. Uh, we knew that was going to happen. So launching soft was absolutely critical for us so that we could um, grow like al along the way and then do the bigger things knowing that we had the right systems and processes in place. I think that for some startups, like if you're doing uh, SaaS or something like that, you can start with a stripped down product and continually add on. But if we're selling something uh, and that's an experience that you're already familiar with, so people are familiar with, with buying something, getting their tracking code, and then getting it a couple days later. Because we're delivering that same experience, if we mess that up, we're screwed. Whereas if you're, if you're doing SaaS and it's like a new app, then people don't really know what to expect, and you kind of have that leeway. 
But with e-commerce, you don't. Yeah, it's like if I buy a t-shirt and it has like a hole in it, right? I'm not gonna buy from you again. I'm just gonna buy from someone else. Exactly. All right, very cool. And so outside of forums, you know, your initial soft launch, how are you guys uh, marketing the business right now? The biggest thing for marketing for us is appearing on podcasts. We do a number of things like that that um, have really connected us with the audience. And then something initially that I like to talk about is that the, the concept of e-commerce is great because it's so easy to set up a store and it doesn't cost a lot of money and you can just get it going, especially if you build on you know Shopify, BigCommerce, anything like that. But you are a business, not just an online store. So I think that part gets lost on people. We spend too much time focusing on things like conversion rates, SEO, social media, pay-per-click, when really you have to get out in the street and you have to meet people. Because let me ask you something, Terry. If, if you want to go buy something, so let's say you want to buy a, a new MacBook, you're just going to buy it, right? It, it doesn't matter how many clicks you have to get to the end or what color the button is. You're just going to you know, go online and pick it up, right? I mean, of course, one, I'm going to ask my friends if they have this model, you know, how do they like it? But in the end, I'm just going to go to the store and buy it when I want it. Right? Exactly. So wh whether it's online or, or whether it's a physical location, you're just going to go and buy it. So with us having a new product, we knew that we had to go out and talk to people. So when we first launched, and I think this was maybe like a week after sales started coming in, Roy and I just went out to a bunch of co-working spots in San Francisco and just dropped off our product. We actually, um, we were at WeWork and we faked that we were like looking for an office and stuff in some part during the tour. We were like, hey, we have this product. Can we drop it off like in your break room? <laughs> And did things like that. And it, it was absolutely great because it forced us to talk about our products and it helped us get the word out with one of our target markets, which are entrepreneurs, programmers, you know, people doing uh, that, that critical thinking work. And so, and so many people, they'll start a business and they'll kind of just ignore the in-person events. Like last month, um, we sponsored an event called the Transhuman Visions. And we had a table there and we gave out sample packs and everything like that. And those are things that e-commerce uh, store owners can do in addition to all of the online. Yeah, so you're saying a lot of people are just hiding behind their websites and not getting out on the ground. I don't necessarily think they're hiding, but I think that the focus is just too big on the conversion rates and, and things like that and, and over-optimizing when really you have to get out there and make you know real connections because things like that to me, will go further than you know building a Facebook page with X amount of people or, or whatever it might be. And I think a podcast like talking with you is probably the best online way for me to build a relationship and rapport with yourself, and then also introduce you know myself and my brand and my products to your audience as well. So let's put this into perspective. Then, so out of say like your hundred k, you know, last month, like. How much would you say has come from offline versus online in terms of like efforts? And because obviously you have online store, but if you did, were to segment by your efforts, you know, going to offices versus the online marketing, like say podcast, how would you kind of look at that split? Well, I would probably say 60% of it comes directly through our website. And then 40% uh, would also be we do wholesale as well, which is something interesting to talk about. And that, that's probably 40% of our revenue. 
with wholesale right off the bat, or was it something you built uh, pretty recently? Uh, we did wholesale in our in our second month. So uh, in November, we were doing wholesale orders. Mm-hmm. And is this like GNC or like kind of more niche chains uh, within the regional level? I'd say it's more niche. Uh, we don't really want to go into a, a GNC. We're more of a direct consumer model. And when you when you go to uh, someone like that, they're going to demand you know everything. GNC is going to get everything that they want. And that's just not right for us, especially not now. Maybe that's something we'll consider doing in the future. But I think as, as a bootstrapped company, we're kind of uh, building our own path. Yeah. And so is your pitch different for wholesale than retail? Like, is there a different way you need to position the product for wholesalers? Let me say it this way. Natural Stacks, we are a premium open source supplement company. So it's very important for us that we maintain our image. We're extremely strict when it comes to wholesalers. We're extremely strict when it comes to our affiliates as well. And I think that will work out in the long run for us. When we first started selling the products, people noticed it was doing well. And we had a massive influx of applications for wholesalers. Because we're so new, we want to maintain a reputation and kind of help people connect with our brand. We turned down a significant amount of individuals just because it was too early in the process. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about being strict on who you choose for affiliates or wholesalers. Like, is it like a certain criteria you guys are looking for, or is it more like a personality thing that matches with you guys? I think I think it's a mix of both. I actually spoke with someone, and they're probably our biggest wholesaler in Australia. And we have like the general questions about how many years you've been in business, website, etc. We kind of treated it like an interview and I just said, you know, why are you doing this? And he just gave me this awesome story about why he created this store's relationship with his partner, his vision for one, his company and how he's affecting people's lives and then how natural stacks can come in. And, and that's someone that we want to work with and that's someone we believe can help grow our brand substantially. So it's a lot more strategic than just saying and letting anyone who wants to get affiliate commission hop in a thing, kind of like what the internet marketers usually do, right? Precisely. I actually, um, so I, I went to Affiliate Summit last year and got a little bit of a glimpse into the uh, affiliate world of supplements and things like that. Once you kind of unleash into that realm, you're going to see like, a hundred spam videos and all these spam tweets and Siltep reviews, 100.com and all kinds of crap like that. And we don't want that. You know, we don't want there to be tons of regurgitated, terrible and probably false information about Siltep out there. So we've avoided that uh, pretty much entirely. And I understand like an affiliate setups, it's usually like 80, 20 or 90, 10, right? Well, you really have like 10% of the affiliates making like most of the revenue and everyone's just- I think you're right about that because the, the guys who are killing it in affiliate marketing, uh, you don't really know how they're doing it. <laughs> they're just like master ninjas behind the scene. Yeah, it's kind of like a stock market or like SEO strategy. If you figure out the strategy, you don't want to tell anyone because once everyone figures it out, it's not going to work anymore too. So. Precisely. So let's go into a different tangent here. So who is this Dave Asprey guy, the Bulletproof executive you briefly mentioned earlier? Dave Asprey, uh, probably the number one biohacker, number one health podcast. The uh, He's the man in our niche, the, the biggest uh, influencer in our space we could have gotten in touch with. So he's kind of like, the, like how Tim Ferriss was for 
location independence. He's the guy for like nootropics, biohacking. This kind of I stuff. think he he's really leading the uh, the biohacking movement. And Dave is an incredibly intelligent individual trying to you know help people live better lives through science. And of course, he's the uh, he's most notorious for bulletproof coffee, which is coffee butter grass-fed butter and MCT oil. Which is coconut oil for those who have never tried it before. <laughs> and it's delicious. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it's definitely worth trying. Yeah, so how did you guys get in touch with this guy? I touched base with Dave very early on to let him know what we were doing. He kind of got it right away. You know, he saw our vision, saw our products, wanted to test it out, but after um, he was able to get samples in and, and took it for a couple of weeks, he decided that um, it was something that they'd be willing to carry it in their store. And so you're talking about reaching out to him early on. How early on are we talking about here? I reached out to him before we even had a product for sale. So before we were selling anything, we let him know what we were up to. And was he pretty responsive or did you have to go through multiple times for him to get back to you? He was responsive. Uh, from the first message, probably got back to me in a couple of hours. I think I think Dave's uh, a little robotic in that sense because he's incredible. I mean, the dude is is incredibly busy, but he's able to get back to you so quickly on everything, which is really amazing. I was surprised that we heard back from him so quickly. The type of outreach method that I'm using has been successful in a lot of different ways. And so what's going on in your mind when you're reaching out to these guys? Because a lot of people think, oh, you know, who am I to talk to this guy? And like, what goes on in your head before you send him an email to do outreach? I think, I think for something like that, you need to realize or just really look at it as a problem and, and how you can solve it. So for an influencer, no matter who they are, who you're going after, they have some sort of problem and somehow your company has to be the solution. So for Dave, uh, he's a podcaster, of course, he wants to create create content, something that no one's ever talked about before. So we went to him with the idea of Siltep. We pitched, I only pitched uh, like one idea in the message and then also spoke about, you know, the product. And that kind of goes along the lines of what I said earlier is that respect the fact that, you know, everyone's busy, everyone is, uh, you know, occupied with a lot of different things and you need to pitch you know, from the get-go. Mm -hmm. So what was your pitch to Dave? Uh, basically, the pitch to Dave was that, you know, we're coming out with the world's, you know, best natural nootropic. Here's a little bit of information. We'd like to do an exclusive podcast with you. And, and that was it. I think it was maybe a, a little bit over one paragraph. Mm -hmm. And then here's some of our product. We can send it to you. You can try it out before... We get on the podcast, and if you don't like it, no worries, right? It's kind of something like that. I didn't. I didn't even include the the try it out. I pretty much just told him like this. This is what we have. You know, this is how I want to work with you. And he said something back like, "Great opportunity," and then connected me with the right people within his organization, and we kind of took it from there. Awesome, awesome. And so outside of that, who else are you guys targeting now that are kind of big movers and shakers? Uh, I I can't really talk about everyone right now because. There's uh. <laughs> things in the works, but yeah. anyone who's any. But are, are we looking like that? Athletes or like more like specialized niche guys, kind of like Dave, or just kind of like the general direction? Where are you guys heading? Something I like to say a lot is that uh, by doing enough things that don't scale, you'll find out what does. And I think I kind of stole that from uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. 
But anyway, we are in an interesting predicament where we're trying to figure out who exactly our target market is. So we have customers that are, you know, executives at Fortune 500 companies, Wall Street traders. We have engineers at Facebook, engineers at Google, you know, some, of the, some of the top minds in Silicon Valley. And then we also have the range of college students. We have retirees. One of the, uh, the most fun and, and also challenging parts is getting our messaging right to kind of touch all of these different uh, markets and areas. You could always say that like, there's maybe there isn't a target market rather than a target situation that people are looking to improve their productivity in. You can look at it that way too, I guess, right? Yeah, I, that's a great way to put it. And that, that's kind of how Roy and I always think of ourselves is that you know people deserve a choice. Right now, they don't really have a choice. There's no way that you can know what exactly you're taking, which is absolutely crazy. There's an interesting article I read uh, yesterday called Milkshake Market, and he was talking about how when, is this Harvard Business School professor, I don't know if you read the article, Clayton Christensen, I think he wrote the book Innovator's Dilemma, all this kind of stuff. But he was talking about how when people segment their products by categories, like demographics, age, you know, college degree, married, single, like you actually limit yourself because say I take a girl out to get a pizza at a nice place, right? What's the difference than say, if we stayed in and ordered Netflix, you know, and got a pizza delivered, right? It's kind of like the same situation. Well, it's the same demographic, but it demographic doesn't cause you to buy things rather than the situation where it's kind of like for you guys, I think your customers, you know, they're looking to improve productivity, but it could be traders, they could be lawyers, uh, they could be, you know, athletes or entrepreneurs, whatever, right, too, so. Exactly, and, and that's why we're doing everything. You know, we're literally doing every single thing possible to, to get to, you know, to touch as many people as we can and kind of let them know what we're doing, why we're different, and, and giving them that choice. And uh, what, what we found, as soon as people realize the problem that proprietary formulas are and all of the shadiness behind all these other companies, one, they're amazed, and two, they look at our products, they're easy to understand, and then we write right there clearly on our website why they work. You know, I, I think there's a minimum of like six or seven scientific studies that support each of our three products with more on the way. And so going back to kind of the different markets of people that use your products, which one has been the biggest hit? Has it been like athletes, uh, programmers, or traders, or? If I, if I could say executives, so I would say corporate um, individuals in New York and San Francisco, those are our two biggest areas. And we've shipped a ton of product to startups and things of that nature. What are they trying to do by taking your product? for like a typical executive? Are they trying to get, get more out of the day or? I, I think what they realize is uh, in any type of startup role or leadership role or, or pretty much anything, you're gonna have to switch gears at some point during the day. You might be preparing something, doing some programming before switching to a meeting, before switching back to something else. And so, so during that time when you're having that focused work on one task, you need to be completely engaged you need to be able to separate from everything else and just focus on what's at hand. And I think that's what our products provide. Um, in addition, what our second product is called Smart Caffeine. And all it is is a, a one to two ratio of caffeine to L-tanine. And uh, L-tanine is the calming natural amino acid found in green tea. So green tea has caffeine, but 
you know, you could drink a gallon of green tea and you won't get any kind of buzz. What we found is that when you combine that in a, a one to two ratio with caffeine, you get the perfect amount of energy without any kind of crash, without any kind of jitters, and it's, uh, it's a perfect addition, you know, to silt up. Mm-hmm. So how is that different from Bulletproof Coffee then? Well, Bulletproof Coffee, the, the caffeine found in coffee, your body's going to absorb that a lot differently than a pure form found in one of our supplements. And then the Bulletproof Coffee contains, you know, the MCT oil and the butter, which are the fats that your body breaks down for energy, whereas, you know, caffeine's completely separate from that. I'm actually a fan of taking uh, Smart Caffeine with my Bulletproof Coffee in the morning when I need that that extra jolt. Mm-hmm. And you don't, but the green tea doesn't give you the jitters or like the side effects of coffee, basically. It's it's amazing. It's so simple. There's uh, been a bunch of college uh, studies on college students and things like that performed about the effectiveness of caffeine and L-tanine combined. That product, uh, Roy created it. And it was kind of one of those things as well where everyone was talking about it, but no one made it. I think um, on the Reddit uh, nootropics uh, section on that site, it's the number one recommended beginner's nootropic. But no one had made, no one had combined it into one pill, uh, one easy to take supplement. So for us, it was it was a no-brainer, and when you combine it with uh, Siltep, it's incredibly effective. Yeah, like I'm getting the whole industry seems very murky from like a supplier's view that you can just make all these random formulas, but as a consumer, I think there's these obvious holes that someone can fill. Right? Is that the what you're getting at too? Like, like it feels like there's these really obvious products that people should make, but no one's doing it. I'm not sure if it's obvious, but I think the word is is simple. You know, beauty in the simplicity. If you've seen like um, the the Jiro Dreams of Sushi documentary where all he does is make that sushi every day and it's so simple and so beautiful, it's kind of just a reminder that we don't have to make things overly complex. Simple, premium, and it works. And and, and that's why I think as a company we've been uh, you know so effective so far. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Right. And so let's go back into the company a little bit. So how big is your entire team now? Our entire team is five people. So it's myself and Roy. We are the co-founders of the company. Uh, Abelard Lindsay, the creator of Siltep, is our director of research. We have a front-end developer named Ronnie, who's fantastic. And then my former boss, um, Kwame Kwade, is an advisor to the company. And that relationship has been fantastic for us as well. And I I won't bore you with the whole story, but uh, during college, I worked at an e-commerce startup, giftcardrescue.com, Shark Tank season one, and I helped scale that company from two guys in a Harry Potter style office to um, $6 million before I left there at the end of 2011. Now it's on the Inc. 500 list. I think it's 139 or something like that. And to be able to have someone like Kwame as a mentor for our company has been fantastic. That's something, a relationship like that, you have to work to earn. And you know, I, I recommend that everyone listening out there you know, look at the mentors you think could help you the most and you know, see how you can help them and then trust me, one day down the line, they will definitely come back and help you. Yeah, it's like planting the seeds, right? So, 
So if we go back to kind of your marketing efforts, how do you split your time like offline versus online? Because you're here in Vietnam now with me, right? So like, uh, you know, how did you split your time before then? And how do you see that changing in the future? Is it still like mostly offline? Or are you going to just do some more online things? Or how do you see that changing? I was living in Baltimore, Maryland before I came out here. And I had to get out of the cold weather. It was, without saying, I mean, it was killing my mind. I was not motivated. Uh, here in the warmth and having everything kind of catered to me has been fantastic for productivity. So if you're listening as well, uh, definitely come out here. A lot of really bright people doing awesome things. But Roy and I are going to, we're going to be getting an office uh, sometime quarter one, maybe quarter two this year in California. And we'll be scaling up both uh, online and offline contact. I think here, one of my main strengths has been uh, starting to build relationships with people and setting up things down the line while I'm also working on a, a couple of bigger size deals uh, in this part of the world. And why California for office? Because I know California is you know, not really business friendly. Is there any strategic reasons you guys chose there? Or? Well, that, that's where uh, Roy settled down at. And oh, okay. I see. Yeah, so it, it makes sense for him to... It makes sense for him and because I'm kind of free floating around. It's easier for me to get out there, and plus, I don't mind coming out to California. It's nice and sunny. <laughs> You're not going to make a guy like Roy fly to Baltimore whenever you need to meet up every few months, right, too? So. No, no. He's, he's, Roy's got, uh, he's got three, well, him and his girlfriend, they actually have four dogs total, but they have three that live at their house, so uh, I think he would, he would miss them too much. Are you guys using any like social media channels like that, or is it just strictly word of mouth that's growing you guys? We have uh, we have a Facebook page. We do Twitter and everything like that, and they've been effective for us to communicate. But I think the main thing has been email and then our blog. We create content there on the blog, which is very different than what anyone else is putting out there online, and then through email marketing, which we are using Infusionsoft for. We're kind of able to deliver that value and build community. So we don't send emails that say, you know, hey, we're having a sale or hey, this. You know, we tell them what's happening, why these things happened, you know, how we're improving. And let me give you the most recent example. We sold out of Silteb, I think, mid uh, January, January 22nd, something like that. We had a couple orders that couldn't get fulfilled. We had to, one, reach out to them and, and remedy the situation there. But then we had a number of consumers coming back to us. When are you guys going to be in stock? You know, when can I order more? And the whole team, you know, we feel terrible for letting people down. So in the most recent email I sent out, kind of explained what happened. And then also what we're doing to make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. You can build that relationship between the consumer and your company and kind of build that community. I think um, that's the best form of growth for us. Mm -hmm. So it's very kind of behind the scenes stuff that you don't post on the... We do, we do tons of that. And I'll give you another example. We ran like a, a pre-sale for 20% off. Uh, some people missed it and we don't... Once the sale is over, it's over. Uh, I think that to get that kind of respect, you kind of have to stick to your guns, you know, policy is policy. Well, I think you have to respect the people who took the time out to actually, you know, participate in the deal on time, right? Rather than just be like, hey, I missed it. Can you hook me up? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that someone um, 
they, they wanted to see if we could reopen the sale for them. Uh, I said, you know, sorry, we can't. They came in, they ordered anyway. And then what I did later that night was I wrote them a personal email, maybe like a couple sentences. Hey, you know, thanks for coming back. I'm sorry you missed it. Here, you can use this coupon. And I named, made it like their name rocks. I'm like, and you, you'll save a mystery amount on your next order. And I think I gave them something like $25 off, which is pretty much a, a free product. Um, so, so we do all of these really small behind the scenes type things. And we've been able to grow tremendously that way. Yeah, and you know that guy at Rock Service, he's going to use that code next time too. So you're basically... He's going to use the code. He's going to tell his friends that he got the code. So we've been doing that everywhere, whether it's going on to forums and finding people, whether it's monitoring, you know, Reddit, the blogs, etc. We want to be everywhere and we want to talk to the people, you know, that matter the most to us. So how are you getting people onto your email list? Are you using like any guides or is it just like a sign up for the mailing list or what are you using there? We've been doing a little bit of, um, we try not to do like an email pop-up or anything like that, but something that's worked very well for us is if we're hosting like a contest on someone's site, we'll have them embed our email uh, subscribe to like be entered into the contest. So to win a free bottle, you have to subscribe there. So we've been doing that. And then I really think that we've been growing uh, organically from our own list and from our customers telling their friends. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And so in three months, you know, just without giving me the numbers, would you say your list is, say, like 5,000 to 10,000 or like bigger than that? Um, I would say it's less than that, probably a little over 2,500. Email, email marketing is definitely the best, but it can be effective in a lot of different ways for different people. But w- when we do these long story type emails, I mean, the open rate on my last email that I sent out was close to 50%. I think it was like 46%. So we're able to deliver a ton of value that way, which is you know, our strategy. Yeah, and I see you guys have a lot of different products, right? Are you guys using them all in the same fulfillment house? Because what if someone orders like two of these, one of these, four of these? Like how do they all get sent from the same location or do you have to send them from different warehouses? Or They are all sent from the same location. That has made it extremely uh, easy for us. I think when you can uh, get a trusted partner that you can outsource part of your business to, especially something as vital as fulfillment, it really lets you focus on the other things. It, it takes a while to, to set that up and systemize it, but once you do, you know, you, you'll find your other things just going into overdrive because you don't have to worry about shipping anymore. Uh, I guess that's it for me then. Well, thanks a lot, Ben, for coming on the show. Uh, you guys can find out more about Ben and his company at naturalstacks.com. And finally, Ben, uh, how can we connect with you online? You can connect with me on Twitter at Ben underscore Hebert. Uh, I also blog occasionally, need to do it more often, at benhebert.com. Gotcha. And uh, make sure to try some uh, Siltep and uh, everything else they got, too. All right. Thanks for listening, and thanks, Ben, for joining us, and I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Terry. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. So Ben has actually given us a coupon code if you want to try out Siltep and any of his products over at naturalstacks.com. He's given us a 15% coupon code just for BillMyOnlineStore.com listeners. It's uh, The coupon code is T-L-I-N, baby, T-L-I-N, baby. And you can save 15% over on all products there, including Siltep, which you talked about here, over at naturalstacks.com. I hope you guys try it out and you enjoyed this episode. See ya. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. If you want the show notes, make sure to check out the website at buildmyonlinestore.com. If you got an e-commerce store, every two weeks I lead a live mastermind call with about five or six of the listeners in two separate groups where we work openly together and solve a business problem that you have. And we're all there to support each other. So if this sounds like a cup of tea, make sure to check us out at buildmyonlinestore.com slash mastermind. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch up with you guys next week.